Welcome to Let Go Lean In, a podcast of resources for your journey of transformation. What kind of transformation? The wholehearted kind, personal, professional, and spiritual. Each week, you'll hear different transforming practices to help you on your journey of becoming more fully you. We'll hear from others about their own journeys, learning to let go of habits and patterns that no longer serve them, and how they're practicing leaning forward to the wise woman God has designed. I'll occasionally include a book recommendation because, well, that's part of how I'm wired. I love ideas and encouraging others to learn and grow. Thanks for being here. Well, welcome, friends, to another episode of Let Go Lean In podcast. And speaking of friends, I have the privilege of introducing you to an in real life friend, Jessica Ritchie. Jess, thanks for being here today. Oh, thanks for having me, Lisa. It's so nice. Yeah, it's just, I mean, we've had a long conversation off camera, and I'm so glad that now everybody else gets to be a part of hearing about you, your life and your work and what's going on. So Thanks this for will be having fun. me. Yeah. It's um it's fun to share women's lives with mm-hmm. other women to encourage them of what is possible. And yeah. and you just check a lot of boxes in what is possible. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm I'm excited for our conversation. But for the benefit of the listening audience, I'm going to read your bio, which is Sounds good. kind of, you know, a little background of who, a part of who you are. So. That's right. The formal boring part, right? The <laughs> formal boring part. Yeah, we'll still laugh and, and talk about some of those <laughs> things and unpack them a little more for sure. All right, everybody. Jessica Ritchie is a producer and a writer. She serves as the executive director of the Everything Happens Initiative at Duke University and the executive producer of the Everything Happens podcast, which hosts wise, funny, and tender conversations between Dr. Kate Bowler and guests about lives that don't always work out. Based on their work together, Kate and Jess co-wrote a book of spiritual reflections called Good Enough, which is a beautiful book. You need to get it. 40-ish-ish devotionals for a life of imperfection. And a book of blessings, which is releasing today, February 14th, called The Lives We Actually Have, 100 Blessings for Imperfect Days. Jess received her MDiv from Duke Divinity School and lives with her family in Wilmington, Delaware. Welcome, my friend. So happy to have you. And so highly educated. And (laughs) the last time I saw you, you were just getting started there. Yeah. But that wasn't you just getting started in your work life and things. Mm. You had already been working as a producer of sorts and and a researcher and things for Margaret Feinberg. So Can we back up to, let's see, what was that, 2015? And kind of how did you get started doing the work that you were doing at that point and then to where you are now? Because trajectory is encouraging. Sure. Well, it's it's fun to think back on this. Um, I'm 32 now. So now let's rewind to when I was 17, if you can go back Mm -hmm. with me that far. Yeah, yeah. 
and Margaret spoke at my church and she happened to live down the street from my house and needed some help on like afternoons and weekends. And I was like, oh, sure. Yeah, I'm in high school. I'd love to help. So I started working for Margaret and Leif in a million years ago and then slowly kind of evolved in skills and curiosity and wonder about all things about um, publishing and writing and thinking and more critically about the Bible, developing content curriculum that people actually use, producing events, which is where we met. Um, And, and so I think some of those skills were like, Hey, we want to try something, want to learn how to do it. And it was a lot of like, yeah, sure. Great. Sounds good. I could try that or I could learn more. So I think it has like a lot of, uh, I have a pretty insatiable amount of curiosity Mm. and a high, uh, there is a quite a high ceiling for for what I think is possible, you know? Oh, and so then I'm like, oh, yeah. why not? Why not try that? Why so then, not? Right? <laughs> what a good thing to say. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, just... <laughs> it's, it's wonderful. So then uh, my undergrad degree was in theology and I had always thought that maybe someday I would go back and go to seminary or go to divinity school, but it never quite made sense financially and never quite made sense, like career wise, like, I don't know what I would ever do with it. It was just genuinely out of curiosity. And I still think now I would still say that degree was purely curiosity, mm-hmm. <laughs> although it does credentialize, you know, it just looks, it looks good on a, on the the bio. Um, <laughs> but I it think also it also was... looks good in your mind. That's and right. All the learning that took place, right. You know? That's right. My brain is bigger for sure. <laughs> I need a bigger hat size. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. And I, so I think it's a lot of, um, just wonder and curiosity and like availability or openness and Mm. availability of my own self to just say, sure. Like, why not move across the country and start over in my late twenties to go get a degree that I don't really know what it's for. Why not try something that seems totally backwards in any trajectory? Mm. Sounds fun. And not everybody has the like capability to do that. Mm. No, because sometimes financially, sometimes the, the constraints of life, you know, obligations to family or, you know, so many different things. Right. So the fact that you saw it as an opportunity Mm. and embraced Mm -hmm. it as, yeah, why not? Yeah. I can make this work. You didn't have to, you could have stayed where you were. You were working with people that you loved working with and, you know, all of those kinds of things, but why not? why not try something new? Yeah. Wow. So Duke Divinity, if I'm remembering is in North Carolina, Mm -hmm. the the Raleigh area. Is that right? Or it is outside of Raleigh, but Durham is very proud to be its own separate city. Raleigh, Durham. Yes. (laughs) I I remember hearing those two partnered together. That's right. That's right. Like the twin cities in, in Minnesota, right? That's right. (laughs) Okay. So Durham, North (laughs) Carolina. Um, what was that like changing? Cause you were Mm -hmm. living at that time. Um, home was Colorado, Utah. Yep. That's right. So that's a very different uh, well, at least temperate climate then. Yeah. <laughs> climate, culture. All of yeah. a sudden I was back in a university town where with like a lot of young people and I kept being like, I'm so sorry, Who? how do you all pay a mortgage here? <laughs> and so yeah. I, uh, Duke Divinity is, I think 
you could check my fact, fact check me on this, but at least at the point when I was there, it's the youngest seminary in the nation, which meaning oh. like it has the, um, the youngest population. So a lot of people oh. are like in their early twenties and I was coming in in my late twenties, just really at a different life stage, like in those last, even for myself, the last, the five years, six years between me and some of my colleagues were, mm. uh, a big change for me. And, um, so I, it was, it was such a nice opportunity to look back and, um, you know, when you're like, you start undergrad and you're like, you don't know anything, you don't know anything. You're 18. You don't know anything, maybe 17. And this felt like a, a really, I like, I felt so lucky to be able to have a chance to learn again. Like I did not, mm. I did not take advantage of that in undergrad as I did when I was going back for my master's degree. And I'm, d- did you feel the same way? Like I was like, everything they said, I was writing down. I was like, I'm not miss- missing a lecture. Are you kidding me? One, I'm paying so much for this. And two, <laughs> this is like nectar from the God. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree with that experience. And that, that makes you eager. Mm for the knowledge to pay oh my attention gosh. and, and yeah. And then I think honestly, you, you alluded to those, you know, five or six years between your classmates and where you were in, in life when you started the the degree, that maturity really yeah. does give you that, that benefit of paying attention mm. to the opportunity that you're taking hold of. So that's right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. cool that you recognize that. Cause you know, we just, move along. Right. But you're, you're paying attention. Which, oh my gosh. I was like a sponge. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I know so I was, it, I'm not taking the easy classes. I'm taking it from the best, smartest, most interesting people. <laughs> yeah. When you recognize the people that you're learning from and their experience and to get to where they are as, mm. as professors, mm-hmm. good heavens, you know, it's yeah. That's right. That's, it's worth paying attention. Mm. So two or three years in the program, is that? Well, it's a three-year program, okay. uh, Masters of Divinities are, but I took the long right. route uh, oh, because okay. speaking of uh, having a mortgage, I, you know, I was a single person who had an adult life expenses that I was carrying with me. So I had to work full time while I was doing my master's at Duke, okay. yeah. which then it just made it slower. So I think I finished in like five and a half years. It was a long, okay. it was a long well, tra- as track. I recall, most master's programs give you seven years to matriculate. So yeah. you made it within seven years. I so, did it. You know, that's right. That's good. That's right. <laughs> yeah. What What was that quote from the movie, Tommy? Sure. Lots of people go to school for eight years. They're <laughs> called doctors. <laughs> that's I was thinking that because my, you know, my family's like, why don't you just go and get a PhD? I was like, no, 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 no. I don't think you understand. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think you understand how much longer that would take. Yeah. And all the research, although all the learning, think about it. I know. It. That's right. That's right. But here's the thing, Lisa, being a fellow seven, how could we pick one thing? I know. For that long. Like, I'm like, I can't pick a one thing to study for eight years. Like I would get so bored of it. So yes. I honestly, I don't think I would be a great like doctoral student. I think I would. I think I, I have thought about this on many occasions personally, and I realized I might be the one who would like to do the research. Oh yeah. yeah. I'll go look into that for you. Oh yeah. I'll go look into that for you. Exactly. Focus it and distill it and do all the math. No, no. that's not fun. No, <laughs> I'm with you. 
<laughs> not fun. Just give me the degree. Okay. That That's be- right. That's right. Oh, crazy. You know, it's like so many things. I'm sure you've had these conversations. People hear that, oh, you, you got this MDiv. What are you going to do with it now? Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not sure why that is a question that gets asked, but it is. And yeah. so what's your favorite response or what's your snarky response? Or uh-huh. maybe they're the same. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, it could be. I think you're right. First of all, that I think people need better questions to ask. Cause I, you know, I, you find that the, mm-hmm. asking the same kind of small talky things of like, Oh, cool. What do you do with that? Especially with an MDiv, not a lot of people know what that means. Right. Uh, even on Duke's campus, the divinity school is kind of this, you know, we're in the charter of Duke university. So it's like, they have to have a divinity school, but not a lot of people really understand it. So oh, I often say that I mastered the divine because that is quite uh, feasible. Like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. It's done. It's it's really it's done. I have. Ooh, I, have I want to spend more time it. with you. <laughs> but a lot of people, a lot of my colleagues in the program uh, are going to be pastors. They or are already mm. serving as pastors. They're ordained. They're they have chart like churches or multiple churches that they're pastoring. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are chaplains. They serve in hospitals or um at universities in those kind of settings and then a lot of them are academics and so they are doing some more doctoral research and i fit into that like fourth category of like a shrug shrug like <laughs> we didn't have an obvious career path in front of us and yet we still felt this pull this mm-hmm. more insatiable curiosity of questions that were like kind of like pulling us forward oh, into yeah into whatever was next. And so I, I think what unraveled, like unspooled from my time at Duke was that I get to make like really beautiful content that a Mm. lot of people listen to and read. And Mm. I guess that's the, I guess that's what I do with my degree. You know, it's like, yeah, (laughs) make make beautiful things. You do make beautiful things and you do have a the voice that gets to influence Mm. so many people's thinking Mm -hmm. because I know many people who are faith curious, Mm -hmm. who listen Mm -hmm. and learn and ponder in ways that, you know, they're not going to a church, Yeah, but the work that you and Kate have done together to bring these real mm. statements to mm. people is so powerful. Mm-hmm. So yay for your education mm. that is influencing yeah. in in a way that you couldn't have imagined. Now, does that go back to mastering the divine? <laughs> <laughs> Understanding that maybe things are much more expansive. That's right. Than we might have imagined. Than we yeah. could ever imagine. Yeah. That the walls are more porous, that the things that bring people uh, to give a little background, our podcast, uh, Kate is a religious historian. She's a professor at Duke. And she studied the idea that uh that people use to explain suffering. So she's mm-hmm. an expert in the prosperity gospel, which is a very American strain of belief that believes if you pray hard enough, if you believe hard enough, then God will grant you with health, wealth, happiness. 
She wrote a whole book on it called Blessed. And then when she was 35, she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer and kind of had to question her own understanding and realize, wait a second, I thought I was studying that about other people, but like, did I kind of think that I would be exempt from suffering? Did I kind of think that my faith would render my life to look a certain way or, or another? Um, and out of that, we have this gorgeous podcast that, that spins around that idea of like everything happens for no reasons often that we could ever discern or point to or easily understand things just happen and it doesn't mean that it's an indictment on our faith or our beliefs or our actions or like that there is something that we could have done to change it but yet this is just what it means to be human and then how do we live how do we live when we experience the divorce or the death or the diagnosis or the whatever it is that has kind of made your life come undone. And so I do think there's a porousness there of like, it is not just Christians who listen to it. There's a lot, I'm, I'm, uh, slack jawed often by the like emails that we get from people Mm. who listen, who are, I'm like, you are not in my imagined demographic (laughs) because it's less, it's less, demographic and it's more experience. And so it could be the 17 year old girl who lost her parents that's writing in or the 72 year old professor who has a, you know, degenerative disease who's writing in like the experience that we have in common is that we understand the precarity of life. We understand that life is so fragile and yet we want to live as people with hope as people with who experience joy, who are open to wonder and beauty and are kind of done trying to explain away our suffering or lean to like self-help kind of elixirs that might show us a different way. Yeah. Well, and in addition to that, explain away, and, and you alluded to this by the, the phrase about, and our, our actions, mm. I have encountered many women mm. who take on this idea that it must've been something yeah. I did or didn't do because of a of a mindset for lack of a better way to say it that that we get to shape mm. the trajectory of our life it, we have influence sure by our yeah. why not let's be open to to taking that next step but right. if it doesn't take the shape that we thought how how could we imagine the infinite divinity that exists would shame us Mm. would limit us i mean the questions i just kind of go how did you get to that i know oh i know and because it's it's so painful in addition to the pain that's actually happening right that's right the one we do in our brains that's like what what did i miss what could i have done it's yeah. my fault. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not everybody even articulates that mm. and they're walking around with it, which is why the work that you and Kate are doing is so beautiful because mm. it, it gives words where yeah. we, we so often keep that in the darkness, you know, yeah. and, and don't make space for freeing it out, you know, dusting mm. out the closet that's in our head and it's just going, okay, no, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Or like, oh, I didn't actually know that lived there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Because we just kind of go along, you know, as you've been 
talking about, you know, using your degree in, in a new and, and way different way than might have been expected. Mm-hmm. How have you processed with, with some expectations outside of yourself, you know, pushing back and saying, well, yeah, you know, I mastered the divine. You use that <laughs> phrase, but, but sometimes there are naysayers that Mm -hmm. we encounter that well when you grow up we talked Mm -hmm. about that you know I'm still growing up so that's right I hope I've never grown up right (laughs) I'm much more I want to live in Neverland yeah Peter Pan that's what I was just gonna say I like that idea but but how how do you practice being true to Mm -hmm. who you are when you hear voices or maybe receive an email or, or whatever it might be. Cause, cause they're out there, mm-hmm. you know, the, what is it Beyonce? Haters going to hate. Uh, That's right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll stop asking a random roundabout question. Just let you answer. <laughs> mm. I think um, there's probably a couple ways that I want to, that I think about this. And I think the first of that is that I think some of that lives in my brain, right? It's less Mm. external Mm. feedback that I'm trying to filter through. Because I think most people like one, I think everybody would have a really hard time describing what I do. (laughs) I also do. My everyday looks different. Um, But I, so I think in my head, I sometimes wonder because I've worked so closely alongside incredible, incredible people who have wonderful communication skills that are like, mm-hmm. I help kind of help birth their gorgeous stuff into the world. Like I just help produce it in some capacity, whether it's books or curriculum or podcasts or whatever. Right. So I think sometimes I, the, the, what I get stuck on is like, do I, what does my voice sound like? Uh, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that if anything, that would be the naysayer in my head that lives is like, I, I don't have a, a voice or a, a discernible skill that's separate from these other wonderful people that I work alongside. So, uh, and I don't know yet if I know how to, how I talk back to it or how I think mm-hmm. about it, but it does mm-hmm. seem like that's the, the thread that comes up that does feel like maybe puts like builds walls in front of me that mm. I'm not very co- conscious of. Yeah. Because you live with it. Yeah. And, right. and growing that awareness of that voice mm. and learning how to address it, how to acknowledge, address, you know, whatever. I think that that is our lived experience. Mm-hmm. And and I, I push this question in your direction because as a seven, I know mm-hmm. that that's, that's a harder thing to articulate. And yet every human person deals with an inner critic Yeah, and learning, first of all, that it's there mm-hmm. and, and we might identify it as a parental voice or sure. a pastoral voice, you know, if, a harsh voice, sometimes it's a God voice and, mm-hmm. and all of that really gets mishmashed together and learning that no, no, everybody's got this voice that says, don't do that. Cause you need to be safe, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is. Right. But 
recognizing that we have it and learning how to live with, mm. but also not let that voice be the one that drives our car, makes That's our right. decisions, sits at the head of the table, whatever metaphor you want to use, right? That's right. And yeah. And That's I love like, that um, you didn't look out and say, well, you know, there is this group of people you, you, own. Yeah. you know what, this is, this is where it is. That's beautiful. I think I'm a natural contrarian too. So if somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm like, watch me, watch me now. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> but you're, um, the metaphor, the driving the car metaphor in, um, Elizabeth Gilbert's wonderful, wonderful book on creativity that if people haven't read it yet, you should, it's called big magic, big magic. Yes. She describes fear in a similar way. And so when she's mm -hmm. talking about, um, the power fear has over her creative projects, whatever it might be, she, she has to have that same conversation with fear that is like, hello, I understand you're in this room, but you are not going to be the loudest voice. You are not allowed to drive the car, but you're allowed to be in the car. Cause yeah. it's not about, I think, and what I find freeing in that is that it's not about ignoring the fear or like finally conquering the fear. It's like literally living with like, this is the, the right. whole thing is like, we just have to live with the fear in the freaking car. And like, yep. we just don't let them take the wheel. <laughs> like They can exactly. be the annoying backseat driver, but we're like, excuse me, me and creativity are in charge today. And you can, yep. you can decide where we're going next week. Yes, exactly. A place that, you know, gives space because fear mm -hmm. can inform us mm -hmm. just like the inner critic can inform us, That's right. but they're not the ones that need to be driving. Mm -hmm. And I know that there are women who think that I can't take that next step until I get all of this sorted yeah. out. Yeah. And they need to hear that. No, no, you, you don't have to sort it out in the sense of getting rid of it, taming it, ignoring it, whatever. It's like acknowledge. Yep. This You're is, here this too. Is a, <laughs> part of me. This is a part yeah. of me. Yep. And you have a place, but not at the head of the table. Mm -hmm. You don't get to drive, whatever. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that to the forefront because mm. this is, this is a passion that I have for, for people in general, but women specifically, because we yeah. come to a place more like, I didn't really do what I wanted to do with my life. It's like, yeah. you're still here. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, it's not too late. Why not? Like you said, why not? It's not too late. And it's no. never too late until you're not here anymore. And so That's right. why not take a risk? Yeah. And if you want to go back to school when you're 60 years old, why Heck yeah. not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 30, whatever. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So what is the best part that has delighted you about what your life makes space for now? Mm. I think as, um, as Kate and I have done so much co-writing together and co-creating of podcasts and things like that, I think it has allowed me a little bit more permission, not that the permission didn't exist before, but I didn't give it to myself mm -hmm. to, uh, to wonder, to create, to get interested, mm -hmm. to read a book because it sounds interesting and then put it down when it's boring, like to, to just, to just make whatever it is that I've been thinking about or, or, or wondering about. So I think I've had a little bit more permission now that I kind of have shifted my role to be a little bit more on the creative side, which, uh, you know, I'm, I've always done creative work, but, uh, 
more like independently creative just to be able to be like, what if we tried? What if we read? Who, what if we had this person on the pod? What if we, I don't know, just a little bit more room to, yeah. to dream. I love that. Mm -hmm. Space begets more space. Mm. Mm -hmm. And so then the opposite is true. When we constrict, everything gets tighter and smaller. Mm. Wow, that's powerful. Mm. That's really good. You know, and like I said earlier, before we even started this, I could talk to you for days. However, <laughs> in in respect to the listeners, mm. since today is your latest book's launch day, so exciting. What What's something, what's a nugget from these mm -hmm. blessings mm -hmm. that you want people to not miss like the fun of course of creating yeah. and and bringing good work into the world that's yeah. all good and everything but what's what's a nugget from the lives we actually have that... yeah i think we can get tricked by society by our own pressure by culture mm by mm -hmm. the self-help world, by some of those like religious truths that have seeped into to us that we don't necessarily know, then we know that they're not true, that our lives are only worthy of blessing if they look a certain way, yeah. if we've put all of it in line, if we've made the right decision, if our family is put together in the right way, if our marriage is healthy enough, if our kids are successful, if our house looks a certain way. Like we know this, the social media version of hashtag blessed that yeah. lies to us. That is like hashtag blessed. Look at my new car, hashtag blessed mm -hmm. on vacation again, hashtag mm -hmm. blessed. How lucky am I to have this great job? And then we imagine that the rest of us must be just really screwing up, right? If our yeah. bank accounts don't look like that, if our families don't look like that, if we're still mm -hmm. like not over the grief that has just totally swallowed us whole. So I think the part that I really want people to take from this is that like our actual lives in all of their mess and heartache and hope yeah. in our days that sometimes look like garbage <laughs> and sometimes look yeah. beautiful, that like our actual lives are worthy of being blessed. Like this is what mm -hmm. it means to say like, God, you can be here now too. Like in this, in whatever this is that, and I, you know, we really build that theology off of so much of the Beatitudes in Mark chapter five, that like, blessed are those who mourn, like blessed are those who don't have it all together. Blessed are those at the end of their rope. Blessed are the meek and quiet who are a little too afraid. Like that, like that means that like, that means there's room for all of us. Yes. Oh, I love that. I, mm -hmm. I cannot wait to get my copy, which I pre-ordered. Oh. <laughs> it, everything that I've heard the two of you put into the world has literally, I'm not kidding. It's like, yes, mm. because I'm in a different season than mm. both of you. And mm. I would have loved to have heard your voices oh. when I was in my thirties without comparing Oh, thanks. It's such good work. And I'm Thank so you. grateful. And I'm so excited for everybody to go out and get their own copy because the blessings, I mean, you've mm. been 
kind of putting them out there on Instagram, which yeah. by the way, listeners, I will put all the, the ways you can find out where all this good work is in case you're not already connected. However, it's been so true. Mm. I think that's the word. Honest, mm -hmm. yes, but true. Mm. It's like, oh, yes, a very mm -hmm. livable experience, relatable, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah, thank you Thanks. so much for the hard work that goes into putting something like these blessings together, first of all, yes. writing them, praying over them, putting yeah. them into a beautiful production that we yeah. can hold and take in Thanks. and speak yes. out to others. Yeah. It feels I mean, like such a privilege. Yeah. Oh, I love how you're using your degree. <laughs> I guess it is for something. <laughs> yes, of course. So Jessica, thank you so much for, for speaking to, to women who need encouragement. I mean, we all need encouragement mm -hmm. all the time, but in our very real actual lives yeah. that, that naysayer that we have to acknowledge and, and just being willing to say, why not? Yeah. You know, it's life is precious mm -hmm. no matter what it looks like. And right. why not? Well, Here's a seven. Why not have fun with it? Come That's on. right. That's right. That's right. There's a lot. There's a lot. We can't guarantee much, but let's make the most of this, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We need as much fun and joy as possible. So mm -hmm. there's your there's your option. So thank you again for your time today and just encouraging us. Um, I'm looking forward to to more times of connection in the future. And, and I am also hoping that everybody that listens is going to go out and buy your new book and, and your good enough book too, because that's also worth having. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good rest of your launch day. Thank you so much, Lisa. Well, friend, I hope our conversation today has inspired you to do a few things. First, go over to Everything Happens podcast and start listening because Kate and Jessica are bringing wonderful stories and conversations into the world that can give all of us greater perspective of the value of the life we actually have. That's the second thing I hope you're inspired to do is go get a copy that is available today of the lives we actually have. Today it's available. So those two things for sure. And then a third thing that I hope that listening to this conversation can inspire you to do is to pay attention to your life and the signals and the curiosity and the draw that something moves you toward you, whatever your spiritual formation is like. Pay attention to the nudge, the yearning, and take a step, a courageous step toward that, whatever that might be. 
and I'd love to hear what you're paying attention to. So that's another thing to be inspired to do. Please reach out and connect with me. We can have a great conversation about what you're learning to let go of and where you're leaning in, in your very real life. And I would also really, really appreciate if you like and subscribe this podcast on Apple Podcasts, because the more of you that take that action step, the more others can learn about what we're doing here. So I so appreciate you as my faithful listener and welcome if this is your first time because you love Jessica and Kate and you wanted to hear this conversation. Thank you for being here as well. And I would love for you to like and subscribe to this podcast as well. Thank you. Thank you for giving your time today and go follow Kate Bowler and Jess Ritchie and get their books. Have a great day, friends.